Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise your Lord, praise your Lord. Come on, church, let's just worship God for a couple of minutes right now. His presence is here, hallelujah. Jesus, we worship you, oh God. We love you and we praise you, Lord. There's no one like you, God. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Oh, how great is our God. Praise you, Jesus, praise you, Jesus. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Oh, we feel your presence here, Lord. We feel your presence here, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise you, God. Let's just linger in the presence of the Lord for just a couple more minutes. Hallelujah. Get used with just waiting for God to move a little bit. Hallelujah. Oh, we worship you, Jesus. Worship you, Jesus. Hallelujah. It's an amazing presence of the Lord in this place this morning. Amen. That's that's why we come. It doesn't matter how many or how few. It's the fact that we get to worship Jesus. Oh, what a privilege that is. Oh, what a privilege that is. I never, ever, ever want to take that for granted. The fact that I can lift my hands and be in the presence of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Oh, I worship you, God. I worship you, God. Praise you, Lord. I feel the presence of the Lord here. I believe God will speak to us today. Our job this morning is to respond to God's Word. Our job is to respond to God's Word. It's not good enough just to be hearers of the Word the Bible tells us, but we have to be doers as well. Praise you, Jesus. If you've got your Bibles, why don't you grab them? Go to Genesis chapter 32. Hallelujah. Genesis 32, reading from verse 22. Say amen when you're there. And he rose up that night and took his two wives, talking about Jacob, his two women servants, his 11 sons, and passed over the fords Jabok. And he took them and sent them over the brook and sent over that he had, and Jacob was left alone. And the rest of the man with him until the breaking of the day. When he saw that he prevailed not against him, he touched the hollow of his thigh, and the hollow of Jacob's thigh was out of joint as he wrestled with him. And he said, Let me go, for the day breaketh. And he said, I will not let you go 
except you bless me. And he said unto him, What is your name? And he said, Jacob. And he said, Thy name shall be called no more Jacob, but Israel, for as a prince hast thou power with God and with man, and has prevailed. Jacob asked him and said, Tell me, I pray thee, thy name. And he said, Wherefore is it that thou dost ask for my name? And he blessed him there. And Jacob called the name of the place Peniel. I have seen God face to face, and my life is preserved. Amen. With the help of the Lord. And I couldn't preach, I couldn't think of a better title, but it just seemed like it was where my spirit was at. But I'll preach on this thought. I'm alone, I'm limping, but I won't let go. I'm alone. I'm limping, but I won't let go. Jesus, I feel your presence in this place, Lord God. Your heart is for your people. That's why you're here, Jesus. You see everything that's going on. You know every heart. You know every life. You see every thought. And yet here you are, Jesus. You love your people. That's why you've come, Lord God. I pray your presence would continue to be in this place, Lord God. Touch my heart. Touch the hearts of the people who hear your word, Lord God. Help us to respond, I pray, Lord. We love you. We thank you. In the name of Jesus. And everybody said amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Jacob was alone. If you know a little bit about the backstory of Jacob, you will know that the last 14 years of his life, he had been left in relative security and comfort, living in Laban's house, a roof over his head, two wives, kids. He had grown quite wealthy as God had blessed him almost as it were at the expense of Laban. But that security was now gone. See, Laban and Jacob no longer really saw eye to eye. As a matter of fact, Scripture records the fact that when Jacob and Laban finally parted ways after Laban pursued them and caught up, Laban said that God is going to watch between us. He wasn't trying to mean it as a blessing. He was meaning it as a threat. God is watching Jacob, so don't you rip me off anymore. The security that Jacob had was gone. He was alone. He sent his family over the river. His companions had crossed ahead and left his presence. Everything he owned was over the river, and Jacob was left alone in the cold of a night by himself. And while he was alone, the Bible tells us, a man began to wrestle with him. I have observed in life that it is in the times that we feel like we are alone. When things that have been our security have been stripped away. 
the lights, the action of this life fades into the background and we retreat into the dark areas of our mind and our life that we often don't tread on. When everything that we know and trust feels like it's not there anymore. And we are trying to work out exactly what the next step should be. It is at that time of our life that we begin to wrestle with some things. And at this point in the story, it's interesting to note that as the battle began, and they began to engage in this struggle, Jacob didn't know who he was wrestling against. This man had appeared seemingly out of nowhere and was attacking Jacob. In the dark of the night, perhaps Jacob could have thought, was it Esau? who was reported to be in the area, perhaps Esau had caught up and was out for revenge. Perhaps it was some assailant who was out to rob him. And sometimes uh, we don't know why we are engaged in a struggle. We don't know why we are wrestling. Sometimes we can't quite even wrap our mind around what our battle is even about. And, and I don't know about you this morning, but in those seasons of life, my mind begins to look for a reason. My mind toils to find a purpose in my struggle because I'm alone and I'm wrestling. But the Bible tells us that as Jacob continued to wrestle towards the end of the night as it were Jacob began to realize I am not fighting against some mere man because the Bible tells us that the man reached out and touched him and in that instant Jacob's hip was out of joint the Bible tells us Jacob realized that he was not wrestling with just another man but he was wrestling with an angel, perhaps, or even perhaps a the theophany is the technical term, a visible manifestation of God. There was something different about this wrestling match that Jacob was engaged in. And again, I don't know about you, but there comes a time in your life when you begin to realize that when you strip everything away and you get down to the brass tacks, of life, you begin to realize that God is the one with whom you are wrestling. Because if we believe that God is sovereign, then we have to believe that He is the one who allows us to wrestle with some things in our life. And if we believe that God sees all and knows all and that He has the power to change any situation that we happen to find ourselves in but chooses not to, we have to believe that He is the one that chooses not to, even though we think that He should. When Job stands and says that He knows the way that I take, when the psalmist cries and says, the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, if we believe those scriptures to be true, then the question becomes why? Why am I wrestling with this God. Because it is of God's pleasure and His will that we are allowed to go through trials in life. 
that we are allowed to wrestle with things. And see, God's response is quite simple. He doesn't tell us why. He doesn't give us the reasons. He doesn't give us the answers. He doesn't explain the beginning from the end, but He does say, let me go. The man said to Jacob, Jacob, let me go. Day is beginning to break. In effect, he was saying, you know what, Jacob? You can just give up. You can stop struggling. You can walk away. You don't have to keep doing this. But Jacob, limping from a dislocated hip, sweat pouring off his forehead, bruised and cut from the encounter, continues to grip tight to this man who he knows is not just another man but some sort of an angel. And with a determination that is undiminished and despite the pain that he is obviously suffering, he breathes out through his lips, I will not let you go unless you bless me. In the middle of our wrestling matches, as we try to get to grips with what God is up to in our life, there will be things that come across our life that just say give up. There will be things across our life that just say let go. There will be an easy path that presents itself, amen. But we need to get something into our spirit that says I am going to refuse to let go of God until I work out what God is up to in my life. We need to get a spirit that refuses to let God go until we get a blessing out of our struggle and out of our wrestling match. I might be hurting God, but I'm not letting go yet. I might be bruised. I might be banged up. I might be limping on a dislocated hip, but I am not going to walk out yet. Not until I get what I want out of this encounter. Jacob's cry was bless me Lord I'm not letting you go yet hallelujah I'm alone I'm limping but I won't let you go someone say amen this is why it's important Jacob knew that a dislocated hip from this encounter was going to remain with him for the rest of his life. I'm living proof of that. I have two dislocated fingers. They don't look normal anymore. They never will look normal. Jacob knew that the limp was going to remain no matter what happened. But Jacob refused to let a limp be the only thing that defined him from this experience. He wanted to get a blessing out of it too. Because here's the thing, if we get a beating, but we don't hang on for the blessing, if we quit the struggle before we get the blessing, if we allow the injuries of life and the struggles of life to define us and to mark us rather than the blessing that comes from the struggle, I'm going to give you a newsflash. You walk out on God when life gets tough, life will still be tough with or without God, but you are going to miss out on the blessing, and you're going to walk around, hallelujah, with a 
spiritual limp, hallelujah, a painful reminder. You're going to be complaining that God was unfair and God is mean and life is hard, amen, because you let go of your blessing at the wrong time, hallelujah, and you'll begin to look for blessing in all the wrong places, hallelujah. If Jacob had let go, if he had given up, all he would have had was a limp. A painful reminder of the time when he wrestled all night with God but couldn't hang on for the blessing that was going to come with the new day. But Jacob did hang on. And because he hung on, he got a blessing. And instead of that injury reminding him just of a wrestling match with God, that injury served to remind him of the faithfulness of God. That there was a blessing in what God was putting him through. Amen. The Bible tells us that Paul had a thorn in the flesh. But that thorn in the flesh served to remind Paul that God's grace was sufficient for him. That God's strength was made perfect in weakness. Hosea the prophet had a broken heart. But he hung on to the word of God and he refused to drop it and try and pursue happiness for himself. Jacob had a limp, but it, came, it became a mark of the time when God he refused to let God go until he got his blessings. When we come through life's wrestling matches, when we hang on to God, we are often changed. We don't see things the same way. We don't approach life the same way, but those scars serve to remind us of a time when God blessed us uh, and God gave us direction and God kept us, hallelujah. The marks remind us uh, that God is faithful, that He is merciful, and that if He brought us through once, uh, He will bring us through again. The scars remind us uh, of the blessing that comes uh, with the dawning of a new day in our life uh, when once we were alone, uh, and God showed up, and we didn't understand what He was doing, but we clung on to God. And one day the dawn broke in our life, and God blessed us. Hallelujah. And they become an encouragement and a strength. It's interesting to note as well that the next thing that happened is that the, when Jacob refused to let go, the angel, the theophany, whatever you want to call it, turned around and said to Jacob, what is your name? And I thought that was rather an odd question. Wouldn't he know? Hello? Wouldn't he know who he was wrestling with? Doesn't God know who he is? But see, to understand why, you have to understand how names in the Old Testament work. See, people were named for who they were as people. They didn't get names because they sounded nice. They didn't get names because their parents wanted a unique name. But names represented what people would become. And when Jacob answered that his name was Jacob, he was acknowledging all that he was. See, the name Jacob means to be a supplanter, an insidious and deceitful at the heels of someone else, which is exactly what Jacob had been all of his life. He had stolen through deception 
a blessing from his father. He had stolen through cunning the birthright of his brother. He had tried to steal all of Laban's sheep and all of Laban's cattle by manipulating the situation so it would be in his favor. Oh yes, Jacob lived up to his name. And when the angel said, what is your name? Jacob is saying, this is who I am. I've been a supplanter. I've been deceiving. I've stolen things. I'm not a good person. Amen. And that's what he's saying. And and I think sometimes the problem is uh, in the middle of our struggle, we come face to face with who we are. Because it's when we are alone, when everything is stripped away, we come face to face. And I don't know about you, but sometimes I don't like who I come face to face with. Because I'm not perfect. I have flaws. I've made mistakes. I don't have it all worked out. But even knowing who I am, and even Jacob knowing who he was, he refused to let go of God. And here's the message from this. God does not allow you to struggle because you're not worthy. God does not allow you to wrestle with life because He thinks you're not good enough. But He allows you to struggle because in your struggle, you come face to face with a God who loves you, a God who wants to bless you, a God who cares for you. Despite all your hang-ups, despite all your mistakes, despite all your problems, God is still willing to get down in the dirt with you and begin to wrestle with some things in your life and you're sitting there saying I'm not perfect I've made mistakes I'm messed up I'm sinful and I need to repent and God's there saying I don't care I'm going to wrestle with you with this until we get it sorted out and a blessing is going to come with the dawning of a new day hallelujah There's a blessing down the road, even though we might feel like we don't deserve it. And as we get ready to wrap up this morning, the other thing that I started wondering about is why didn't the man just let go? If he really was an angel, if he really was a theophany, a visible manifestation of God, God could have ended that in an instant. Why didn't he? Why did he have to ask Jacob to let him go? If he'd wanted to, Jacob would have had no power to resist. And yet the Bible tells us that they wrestled on and on and on and on all night long. You want to know what I think? Here's what I think as we all stand. Jacob was not just holding on to God, but God was holding on to Jacob. In the middle of your night, when you're alone and you're wrestling with things, you feel like spiritually your hip is dislocated and you're wondering how in the world you are going to make it, and you come face to face with who you are, with all your hang-ups with all your mistakes, with all your problems, we still serve a God who will not let you go. And to me, that's beautiful. To know that God loves me that much, 
that when I am in the middle of my struggle and the only one who I feel is there is God, He's still not going to let me go. Even when my response to that struggle is not where I think it should be, He still won't let me go. He still holds on tight. Amen. Brothers and sisters, hear me now. You still have a God who will not let you go. For as long as you hold on to Him, He will forever hold on to you. The Bible says that He holds us in the palm of His hand. Nothing can remove you from God unless you choose to let God go. He will not fail you. He will not let you go. And you can trust Him. Praise you, Jesus. Let's all stand this morning. Sister Janie, why don't you come? This message has been laid on my heart strongly right from the beginning of the week. And there is so much in this little passage that we could have talked about, but I felt like this was where God wanted me to go. Because I get the feeling that there are people who are wrestling things with this in this service right now. There are people who are struggling with things in their life, who are not, want, not, not sure what direction to take and, and what the answer to their situation is. And I'm not promising that there's a light at the end of the tunnel immediately. But what I am promising is that one day a day will dawn and the blessing will be there. You see, Jacob's name was changed to Israel because he refused to let go. That old past, that old history, who Jacob was, that was changed with a name change. And he became Israel. The same can happen to us. We can bring everything in the past to God. Things that we have been wrestling with for weeks, for months, perhaps for years. And we can say, God, I'm not asking you to remove the struggle because the struggle is going to lead to a blessing one day. But Lord, I'm committing that I'm going to hold on to you no matter what. I'm not going to let you go. As Sister Janie sings, I want to invite you to come down to the front here. Maybe you need to talk to the Lord for a while. Maybe you need God to intervene in your family. Maybe you need to be reminded that God sees. God knows. God sees everything that's going on. The things that happen behind closed doors, God's aware. He knows. He sees. He's not against you. He's for you. But sometimes we need to get our focus changed. See, Jacob, Jacob had a goal I'm going to get a blessing from this. Yeah, I've got a limp. And I'm going to ignore that till I get what God wants to give me from this situation. Yeah, I'm struggling. I'm not quitting yet. Sister Janie's going to sing and I encourage you. Let's come and pray this morning. Let's begin to talk to the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.